My name is Sharzad Kiade. I'm a Gemini pescatarian, a mom of two wild little boys. I'm Susan Yara. I'm a mom of two also. This morning, I went to the bathroom alone. I woke up at five, put my boob in her mouth, and then she took a dump. Because that's what she uses me for. <laughs> that's what you're going to hear a lot of our stories and experiences in our crazy journeys to motherhood. It's fam for all moms, not for all dads, not fathers and moms, for all moms. It's going to be good all time. You guys are going to want to stick around. Promise. So subscribe. Live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700KBGG, sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Hey everybody, it's our second hour as we go till 3 o'clock this afternoon. It's always good when we have a chance to catch up with John Walters, longtime voice of the Iowa State Cyclones. He joins us on the Draft House 50 hotline, Mills Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. John, good afternoon, man. Hey, guys. Um, let's start first with basketball, and then we'll move into some football things as well and the stunning news about Joel Lanning being the starter at linebacker. We'll cover that in just a moment. Uh, put a overall perspective, John, on the Iowa State basketball season. I think a really successful season. You know, I mean, these guys have accomplished more than really any group of four-year players in the history of Iowa State basketball on the whole. And so, uh, you know, this year was uh, a big part of that, to win an Allen Fieldhouse, um, win nine of those, well, ten of 11 down the stretch, and then, you know, get to the round of 32, uh, win a Big 12 championship. I mean, a lot of accomplishments along the way. Sure, they would have liked to have gone deeper in the NCAA tournament. Everybody would. But the reality is they lost a close game to the team seated higher than them, and, you know, they're not alone in that. So um, it would have been great if they'd been able to get off to a better start, but they didn't. It took them a while to kind of figure out how they could attack Purdue and uh, almost pulled it off. But, you know, it was, it was a great season. It really was. And um, I think highlighted certainly by that trip to Allen Fieldhouse and the Big 12 Tournament Championship. I mean, three – three Big 12 tournament championships in four years for this group of guys, that's that's pretty amazing and um, not easy to do. And so, no, it's been it's been a fun ride, and, uh, you know, I've really enjoyed every minute of, of it with these guys. You know, Naz Long talking after the game, you could just feel the disappointment there of, of being so close. And, and what Iowa State University has meant to Naz over the last five years, uh, had to sit out last year. There was a lot of speculation if he was going to be able to come back from that injury. But what he was able to put together in his final season there, Monte Morris, Matt Thomas, that group of three that have been through a lot over the last four or five years in the case of Naz, uh, and what they've meant to this program. This uh, group, how historic are they in your mind in, in the program stature? Uh, right toward the top. You know, I mean, Monte Morris is the winningest player in the history of Cyclone basketball. Not far behind are Matt Thomas and Nesby Drew Long. Uh, George Niang right in that mix as well. But, I mean, uh, you know, I think the biggest thing is, guys, these guys invest so much. That's what, that's what the fans don't see is the amount of time invested in being great, the amount of effort, the, the blood and sweat and tears, if you will, of being in that gym a lot. Uh, you're talking about three guys that really uh, lived in the gym. And so I don't think it's any coincidence that when Iowa State built its soccer basketball complex that they started becoming a more consistent winner. And uh, when you give guys an opportunity, you have a, a gym 
where they can get in any time and get shots up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have to worry about going over to the state gym or, you know, wherever and trying to get in, find a basket where they can get shots. I mean, they know they can go. That's their place. They can go there anytime. They can get shots. They can practice. They can have a manager rebound for them, whatever. And I think that investment that they put into it has just really paid off with Iowa State having some great teams here in recent years. And you have to have the guys with the right work ethic to make that work, but they were. That's exactly what these guys were. And I think it's not. it goes hand-in-hand hand with why Iowa State's been successful. John Walters is our guest on the Draft House 50 hotline. John, there's now with what happened and the loss of the players that you just discussed, Simeon Carter says, I'm out of here. I don't think that really caught anybody by surprise, correct? No. I mean, he hadn't been playing, so. Right, yeah. Yeah. So what's, what is coming in then, and why should Iowa State basketball fans get excited? Well, I, I, you know, the jury's still out on what's coming in. I do know that there's four guys that have not worn an Iowa State uniform, actually five that have not worn an Iowa State uniform, that we do know will be wearing an Iowa State uniform next year. That's Ray Casango, who transferred in from Tennessee and sat this year. Uh, and then Cameron Lard, who came in at the semester. Um, didn't practice a lot, you know, got in the weight room a lot. He's going to uh, be expected to be a guy that can come in and help him in the post, although I don't want to get crazy with unrealistic expectations with him. His name got so much attention when people were trying to figure out if he was going to get to Iowa State or not, that it kind of went overboard on, you know, what this guy might be able to accomplish. I, I have high hopes for him, but realistically, he's, you know, he's going to be a freshman, and uh, freshmen don't usually put up gaudy numbers, especially in the post. And so uh, we'll see. I think he can help him. Um, and then three guards who I think are very good shooters, you know, very good players. Um, you know, all, in various rankings they are all four-star guys uh, which Iowa State rarely does to get more than a couple four-star guys in one class they have three guys that have a four-star ranking uh, through various sites and right at the top of the list is Lindell Wigginson who is a kind of a combo guard uh, really really great at getting the ball through defenders and to the basket he is dynamite in that area and uh, from what the two times I've seen him I'm just really excited about him coming to Iowa State. He's going to be a guy that can explode and get to the basket, make jump shots. He's really going to help him in the future and hopefully be able to get right into the starting lineup next year. I think he's capable of that. I don't want to put that much pressure on him, but I do think he's capable of stepping right in and being a starter. Darius McNeil is just super, super quick from one end of the floor to the other. He's kind of a combo guard also. I think you'll see Iowa State look a little bit more like a, a TCU, which played really two point guards essentially all year with Robinson and Fisher. I think that'll be what Iowa State will look like. You're going to miss Monte Morris for sure. But instead of having you know a natural point guard and a natural off guard, I think you're just going to have guards. And, and those two guys are both capable of playing either position. So I think they're really excited about both those guys. And then a wing player from Milwaukee, Terrence Lewis, who can really shoot the basketball, I think can help them as well. So... You know, that's what we know. What we don't know is what's going to be added here in the next few weeks because Iowa State still has several scholarships to give. And whether it's grad transfer or a junior college player or two or another high school player, um, maybe a a four-year transfer who's going to sit, we don't know. But um, 
there's there's a lot of options out there, and there's a lot to be determined before we figure out whether how you know how great this recruiting class is. We do know it's going to be good because the guys in there already are awfully good, and so um, it's going to be a good class. But you know, next year I think Iowa State fans will have to be a little bit more tempered with their expectations. Um, you look at Oklahoma this year with the really good freshmen they had; they still took a big step back in the standings from a Final Four team to. Their struggles this year as a very young team, the talent's there, but it does take a while, and I think Iowa State might be in a similar situation next year. You know, you mentioned Jackson and Wigington playing together. I think that'll be very interesting to see what they can able to be able to do. And we saw uh, Jackson out there running the point for quite a while in the uh, round one victory over Nevada. So you know, we we know he was kind of being groomed for that one. Was he completely healthy all year long as well? I mean, we heard a lot about the injury and, and the ways that it took for him to get back. Do you think there's still more that can be done there? And if he's completely healthy next year, how good can Donovan Jackson be in your mind? Well, I think he could be really good. I don't know how badly the injury affects him. He did have a wrist injury at the beginning of the year that you know, he was kind of timid with. Uh, he broke his wrist last year midway through his junior college season. And I'm not sure he was convinced that it was completely healed. It was more a confidence thing than anything to be able to play and just let it go and, and play with it. It was his right wrist and he's left-handed. But I think more than anything, he just struggled with the identity that he needed to have on this team as a bench guy that can come in and provide some offense but not have to force anything. And once you figure that out, he played really, really well. I think Donovan was a huge piece of their success in the final half of the season. I don't think he's a natural point guard. I think just like we talked about with Wigginson and McNeil, they're all kind of just guards. They're all combo guards. I think they'll all kind of share that point guard responsibility, but I don't think it's just Donovan's team, period. He's the point guard. I don't anticipate it being that way at all. Um, I, you know, I think you'll see Wigginson handle it some. I think you'll see McNeil handle it some. But Donovan's going to be a key piece for Iowa State leadership-wise because I think he does have a bit of the personality that you need to lead, and I think that he inherited a lot of that from Monte and Nas, and so I, I think they'll lean on him as a leader next year as a senior. Uh, Nick Weiler-Babb will return, Solomon Young will return, so there are some pieces back, um, but again, Iowa State's not going to have the you know five or six senior guys out there playing that they had this year. You mentioned the transfer market, and we know what Fred Hoiberg was able to do in that one. We've seen them uh, dip into it still here under Coach Prohm. What is his look at it? And, and one thing I think that some people maybe don't realize is the transfer market is much different than it was, say, four, five, six years ago when Hoiberg was really getting that started. There's a lot more programs out there willing to take a chance mm-hmm. on some guys. Look at Louisville last year. They yep. brought in two fifth-year guys. So the market appears to be much more difficult than maybe it was a few years back. I would absolutely agree with you on that, Trent. I think that uh, a lot of people have figured it out. They saw I mean, not that Iowa State was the only one taking graduate transfers or transfers at that time, but I think a lot of other people saw Iowa State's success uh, doing that and said, we can do the same thing. And so uh, it's not that they were the only trendsetter. There were other schools out there doing that, but they really did it to a high level and did it very well and really figured out guys that could really, really help them, high-character guys that could come in and play a big role and, and be a big part of their success. And I I think Fred did a masterful job at that, but it is much, much tougher now, I think. And so, you know, this year they brought in Bowie and Holden and mixed results. I think Bowie, by the end of the year, was helping him quite a bit. Um, But it's not a sure thing. It's never a sure thing. And regardless of what numbers a guy put up at another school, he still has to fit in. There's got to be chemistry. And so 
you know, those things take a while. And I think that's what happened with this year's team. You know, it took a little while for the chemistry to completely develop. Not that there was finger pointing or any of that early in the year, none of that. But it, it just takes a while to figure out your roles, uh, accept what Coach Pro wants from you, what he wants from the team. And that takes a little time. As, as Coach Campbell always says, it's a process. And I think that's very accurate for basketball, too. And, and that's something that took a while to develop this year and last year. And, and once it did, it really took off. Okay, then let's switch gears then. And well, no, uh, let me let me ask you one other basketball question because it is it does involve the Big Twelve, John. And then I'll go to football. Okay. Doug, Doug Gottlieb, former Oklahoma State point guard, he just accepted a new job from CBS, going to Fox Sports One, but he's also interviewing for the vacant head coaching position at his alma mater, Oklahoma State. Look, we we just saw John Lynch former NFL player, go from the broadcast booth to being the general manager. Can Gottlieb go from being a former player, longtime broadcaster, to being a head coach? I think he could. I, I don't know you know, how successful he would be, but um, certainly he has roots in that area that are planted pretty deeply, and he, he loves that school. I think that goes a long way. I don't know if it's quite to the Fred Hoiberg Iowa State level with Mm-hmm. what Fred meant to this university. I mean, Doug did transfer in, I believe, from Notre Dame. But he had a great career and, um, you know, was a, a tremendous assist guy. I mean, he was a, he was right up at the top nationally in assists. Right. Um, but, you know, he, he seems from all accounts to be a very intelligent guy. I think when you do that, uh, just, just when Fred did it, you have to surround yourself with people that have been through it. Uh, I, I think if Doug Gottlieb was to be the head coach of Oklahoma State, he'd want to go out and get a veteran assistant coach who's maybe a former head coach who can help him, as as Fred did with Bobby Lutz, um, to kind of help him through some of the navigating some of the bumps in the road. Um, but yeah, if you if you surround yourself with recruiters and uh, veteran coaches and um, really get the fan base energized, there's there's no reason it can't work. Uh, we've seen examples where it hasn't. Clyde Drexler um, right. would come to mind as one. We've seen others where it has. And certainly uh, Fred Hoiberg's right at the top of that list. So, uh, yeah, you, you don't want to rule anything out, but I think it's a shame that, uh, that Oklahoma State wasn't able to hang on to Brad Underwood because I think he's really good. Yeah, well, Illinois got him, and hello, there's a new sheriff in town in the Big Ten. And paid him yeah. the money that the yes. guy certainly deserved. Yeah. Uh, criminally under, underpaid there at Oklahoma State in comparison to the rest of the Big 12. Well, John, I uh, want to jump into a little football before we let you go. Practice has been underway. Yesterday, we get the official news. It had been talked talked about and bandied about, mm-hmm. about Joel Landing playing a little defense, but with the depth chart coming out and seeing him at the top of the list there at the Mike Linebacker spot, Certainly raised eyebrows inside of this studio. And and uh, how about the community as a whole in Ames? We figured we'd see his name over there, but as a starter right away, that took us as a surprise. How about you? Well, I'm a little bit surprised that he's ascended all the way to number one that quickly, although they didn't really put out a depth chart. I mean, they just uh, Coach Bight just said he's our number one Mike yeah. linebacker right, right now. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure they're even going to put out a depth chart with the number of, uh, you know, uncertainties you just don't know but uh coach Bite did disclose that joel was uh, moved up to the top there and you know um i think he's a very competitive kid who loves to be on the field um and wanted to find some way 
in his senior year that he can make a big contribution. And Coach Campbell wanted that too. And, you know, they talked about it. He asked Joel if he'd consider defense at all. Because Coach Campbell says when you look at Joel, he says he sees a, a, you know, an NFL linebacker type body. Not saying he's going to play in the NFL. He might. He has a great season, but, um, but he has that type of uh, body. And uh, he felt like he was a natural for, for that spot. Um, Iowa State certainly had a void there, especially with Brian Mills graduating early and moving on. So there's an opportunity there. It's between he and probably Tymar Sutton, who you know, redshirted a year ago. But um, Joel's a guy with leadership and experience, and if he can you know, figure out everything that needs to be done at that position, um, we've seen that happen before at Iowa State. Derek Walker was a quarterback who moved to linebacker. Um, Austin Flynn moved from quarterback to wide receiver with great success. Um, you know, a lot of guys switch positions. It is very rare for a quarterback to become a Mike linebacker. But you have to remember, that's Joel Lanning's mentality. I mean, mm-hmm. how, many, how many guys play the quarterback position with a Mike linebacker mentality? I can think of one, Joel Lanning. Yeah. So he, he's a good fit for that spot because he loves getting his nose dirty anyway. And uh, so I, I think he's got a chance to really have success because one thing you can't underestimate with Joel is the amount of time he will spend in that cell world. He is a very hard worker a great leader on the team, and he will. He's driven to be successful. And so while it's an experiment, I think it's one worth taking, and so far the results are good. John, he's uh, he's also indicated that he still thinks he's going to play a little quarterback, maybe inside the five or short yardage, second and one, uh, someplace where he would probably run the football. Do you still see that in the cards? Absolutely. Yeah, I do. I, I think they had they found themselves a weapon with that last year. And why just put it on the shelf if you if the guy's still in uniform? You know, I, I think um, for Joel, it could be a lot of fun. You know, if he's playing linebacker and he's out there making tackles and then he's scoring touchdowns, uh, you know, when Iowa State has the ball, I think he could have a really fun senior year. And, um, yeah, I mean, that, that was a – when you look at the way he played against Texas Tech and some of the other games where they put in that package and – had him run it, and it was so successful. Uh, I see no reason to put that on the shelf. So I expect Joel to see, you know, maybe in the neighborhood of 10 snaps a game at quarterback and then play a lot of snaps at linebacker. Hmm. Be very interesting, no doubt about it. We know the uh, the skill positions over on the offensive side look to be in good shape. Outside of the big headlines of landing, just your thoughts overall defensively and what kind of step forward you think Iowa State can make there defensively this year? Well, I think it's really dependent. You know, I think one area where Iowa State's going to be a lot better this year than they were last year is up front on both sides of the ball. And defensive line, you know, the ability to bring in uh, Ray Lima, mm-hmm. a junior college transfer who was here in the spring. I think they're very high on him. Um, J.D. Wagner's back. They added uh, any uh, human I'm – I'm going to mispronounce the guy's name, but uh, it was Enrique – or something like that. I'll get it right by the time the season starts. <laughs> but he's good. a big dude. He's a big, big dude. And uh, about 6'6", six, six, and uh, defensive end that can really move. Matt Leo, of course, coming in as well. Yeah. So they've beefed up up front. And, you know, you've got some guys returning there with Brunel Trent, Jamal Johnson. Uh, and if those that front four can be more efficient, then that helps guys like Lanning and the other linebackers, Willie Harvey, to come up and make plays. And um, I think, you know, last year 
Iowa State wasn't as strong up front. They weren't as strong at the linebacker core just because of that. And I think it all kind of goes hand in hand. I think secondary-wise, they're going to be really good. Um, you know, DeAndre Payne is a terrific corner, and so is Brian Peavy. Uh, so I, I feel really good about those spots. Uh, it'll be interesting to see you know, how it all plays out, but I do think defensively they will take a step up next year as a whole, particularly because they're going to improve up front. Okay, before we let you go, uh, you saw these teams up close and personal a lot. Let's start first. West Virginia, Gonzaga. Baylor, South Carolina, Kansas matched up against Purdue. How do you see the three remaining Big 12 teams faring in the tournament? I think all three have a decent chance to win. Uh, I think Kansas has the best chance to win of those three, especially playing in Kansas City. Um, I think some of the things that Iowa State was able to do against Purdue in that second half are some things that Kansas can maybe do a little bit of, too, um, and take advantage of maybe putting a smaller lineup in there at times um, and really attacking with shooters. Um, I, I think Kansas will beat Purdue. I, I'll be very surprised if they don't. Um, West Virginia, Gonzaga, uh, hard to say. You know, West Virginia is such a unique team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Gonzaga really hasn't played that well in this tournament, I don't think. So I think they're kind of vulnerable. Um, I, I think West Virginia has an opportunity there for sure. Baylor, with its length, is going to cause problems for just about any team they play. I do think uh, South South Carolina is on a nice little roll right now. Uh, they've got a terrific player. They've got a really good coach. I, I think that they're uh, certainly capable of beating Baylor, but with Baylor's length and the, you know, I, I think the two hardest teams to prepare for in the Big Twelve on short notice are West Virginia and Baylor. Um, they just they're so unique in what they do defensively, and so hopefully. That, that helps those two teams this week. But I'd say of the three, I'll, I'll say maybe two advance, but it's not going to shock me if all three do. Okay, fair enough. John, have a great uh, week. Enjoy all the basketball, and I know you'll get ready to learn how to pronounce all those guys' names. <laughs> <laughs> Nickname is Annie. I'm just going to go with Annie. Perfect. <laughs> I, I, that part I know. I, hey, look, man, in the NBA, when we watch the Milwaukee Bucks, we just refer to Agenis as the Greek freak. We don't even try to pronounce it. You know, at some point, you got to throw in the towel. I know. Yeah. I agree. Have a good one, John. Thank All you. All right, guys. All right. Thanks. See you, pal. There you go. John Walters, longtime uh, Iowa State play-by-play guy, uh, good dude, and we love having him on the show. On the Draft House, 50 Hotline Mill Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. The big games play here. Westwood One Sports on Des Moines Station for News Talk Sports. 1700 KBGG. Hi folks, Mike from JLM Shooter Supply here, inviting you to visit our full-service gun shop. Whether you are precision rifle shooting, competing in handgun matches, or just out plinking with the family, we have everything you might need. We offer all types of firearms, ammunition, and accessories, as well as all types of gunsmithing services. We've been here since 1988, and we won't be undersold by the big stores, and no one can match our service after the sale. We're on the corner of 70th and Douglas in Urbandale, or we can be reached at 515-331-1577. We're JLM Shooter Supply. See you soon. Ladies and gentlemen, today's opponents on Man versus Train. At the crossing, we have Rick, a 175-pound frustrated man who's running late for work. And on the tracks, we have Bull, a million-pound freight train that takes a mile to stop. Let's see who comes out on top. You can't beat a train, so don't try. Stop. 
Trains Can't. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. It's the end of quarter clearance sale at Lumber Liquidators. Now's your chance to get unbeatable deals on more than 40 million square feet of beautiful top quality floors like 5-inch wide pre-finished gunstock oak for just $149 and more than 230 other styles of pre-finished hardwood up to 26% off. 55 styles of North American and European laminate up to 28% off. Get 10% off distressed Virginia Millworks hardwood and all of Vela wood look tile plus more from 59 cents and special financing. The end of quarter clearance sales going on now at Lumber Liquidators. The Spa at West Glen, a personal journey for the mind, body, and spirit. Treat yourself with massage therapies including sweetest massage, deep tissue massage, and the signature service from the Spa at West Glen, the West Glen Body Ritual. The Spa at West Glen also provides injectables, facials, chemical peels, and medical spa treatments including Dermapen along with nutritional services. Look and feel your best with help from the Spa at West Glen. And the Spa at West Glen makes a great gift for the special lady in your life. Believe me. Call the Spa at West Glen at 515-225-2642. That's 515-225-2642. Or check them out online at relaxedmoyne.com. Dr. Heidi Cook and the Spa at West Glen. Trey Condon here, and I want to tell you about our great friends at Draft House 50 on Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. If you're looking for basketball, you're not going to find a better place in the metro than Draft House 50. Big screen TVs across the bar, sound on for the local games, and great brews to go along with it. Don't forget about the food. Classic bar food with an upscale style and a tap system like you've never seen before. Draft House 50, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Hey everybody, it's me, it's Jimmy B, and I'm here to tell you about Aspen in the West Glen Town Center in West Des Moines. You want a great workout? Aspen has got everything that you need. It's a newly remodeled facility. All the machines, all of the weights, training sessions, everything that you need to get your health improved. And right now, Aspen is running a family add-on special. One dollar to join any membership for someone in your family as well. Just one dollar. It's a family membership add-on special. It's Aspen, West Glen, Town Center, West Des Moines. Your Honor, I stand before you to prove that AT&T's two-year price guarantee is the ultimate all-included bundle experience. Order! I submit Exhibit A, DirecTV Select all-included package with over 145 channels. Exhibit B, monthly fees for Wi-Fi Gateway, Genie HD DVR, and three additional receivers included. Objection! Overruled! Exhibit C, reliable high-speed internet and digital home phone. Order! And to close, lock in your bundle price at $89.99 a month for two years with AT&T. The court rules in favor of AT&T. Call your local dealer now. Switch to DirecTV today and start enjoying the nation's number one satellite TV service. Call Rockstar Satellite at 515-262-STAR. That's Rockstar Satellite at 515-262-STAR. For us, 24-month TV and 12-month internet agreements and combined billing. New approved customers only must remain active and in good standing on all services or then prevailing rates apply in second year. Pro-rated ETF up to $480 for TV, $180 for internet, equipment, non-return, and other fees and conditions apply. Call for details. Offer ends 121.17. The weather's warming up and it's time to think about your spring projects. Wolf Construction Roofing can take any roofing job, large and small. Flat roofs, sloped or pitched, the guys at Wolf Construction will do a wonderful job for you. Most single-family home projects are completed in one day and your property is left in better condition than they found it. Wolf Construction will do their best to honor you with timely communication, a job well done, and a price that's fair. It's Wolf Construction Roofing. Call BJ Bengard today, 
515-225-8866 or check them out online wolfconstruction.net Back to the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing it's Jimmy B and TC Time to talk with Wolfgang you can find him on Twitter at Wolfgang Hawkeye and he joins us on the Draft House 50 Hotline our conversations are presented by the Spa at West Glen. Wolfgang, you're back after sunning and funning in beautiful Florida. Did you get a sunburn? I did. I was pretty good. I put the suntan lotion on, which I never do, and I'm glad I did. Yeah, I got a little bit of sunburn, but but it was good. It was fun. It's hard to keep up on the NCAA tournament. People are looking at me crazy when I'm leaving this white sand beach to go up and watch basketball. That was kind of rough, but I'm a basketball dude, Trent. I got you there, and we're the, we're the same way, and you know, it's always great. You know, it works out a lot of times where you got, you know, kids on spring break, things like that. But it's always, uh, even though you're on vacation, there's a little party that says, you know, wouldn't be too bad to be at home and just be in front of my own TV watching the basketball the way that you know how. You know, it's it's one of those weird dichotomies that you get sometimes during March when you finally get a vacation, you get to get away, but you miss that hoops. And the hot spot with the iPad on the beach doesn't hurt yeah, that's, that's a very <laughs> no, good that, thing. That, that's, pretty, that's pretty much heaven to me. Oh, that's pretty much heaven. But as far as the Hawkeyes, um, it, it was tough. I don't – losing another one-possession game, uh, two-possession game, I can't handle that anymore. And people are getting on me. I've, I've seen – I just looked at Twitter, and I'm, I'm picking Iowa to win the Big Ten next year, Trent. Wow. And I don't know what – I don't know how strong my Kool-Aid is, black and gold Kool-Aid. You – I would like your opinion on that because you're obviously a Hawkeye fan. Yeah. Probably err on the side of positivity. Am I crazy with how strong that black and gold Kool-Aid is? John Miller tweeted back at me saying something to the effect of they're going to be one of five-ish teams that have a chance. I think Iowa has a legit chance, and we can't do it now, really. So it'll be fun maybe in a couple weeks, Trent, when we Mm -hmm. can look and see who left. We can, like, break down their YouTube clips of the recruits coming in. I, I love doing that stuff. So we'll have to see on that. But is that is that too strong a Kool-Aid for you for me saying um, Iowa? I'm, I'm saying I'm just going to say it. They're going to win the Big Ten next year. Win Iowa the Big basketball. Ten. Well, I, I believe that is too strong. I believe they're going to be certainly in the top five. I think you, you throw into the mix right now, in my estimation, Iowa, Minnesota, Northwestern, Maryland. That would probably be the top four and then – uh, you know, there's so much that's still dependent on what happens at Indiana, what happens at Illinois with their slew of uh, recruits, how many of those are going to hang on with Brad Underwood. So there's a lot to be said there. Th- that's kind of the interesting component. But as it sits right now, you know, top five, sure, sure, I'll go down that road. Winning the whole thing, though, Wolfgang, they haven't done that since before I was born. 1979, last time they won a regular season title. That's Ugh. a stretch. That's a stretch to me. A stretch. Okay, now you're saying a Stretch, you're not saying I'm loco. No, you're, no. You're saying it's a little bit of a stretch. If you had to say right now, and we'll revisit this, yeah. where would you put him? Seriously. Where I'm, would you put him, Trent Connor? I'd probably have him fourth. I'd probably have him fourth uh, behind those three teams that mentioned. Now, Maryland, Mellow Trimble, if he's back along with that. Remember, we talk all the time about the number of freshmen that Iowa played. Maryland was right there with them and the number of freshmen that they played. Yeah. With. And got yeah. good performances from. You look at Northwestern, they basically return everybody. You look at Minnesota, they return basically everybody outside of the Springs kid that got hurt 
right at the end of the season that was a senior. So Oh, that was too bad. So, sight unseen, you know, not knowing who else is coming back, who's coming in, things like that. I'd probably put them fourth behind those three teams, and that's not seeing what Michigan State's going to do, what Indiana's going to do. Penn State, can they take another step forward? Purdue, what if Swanigan comes back? I mean, there's just so many layers that we just don't know right now. And, and along with it, you know, if you would have said that I was going to be in contention for the regular season title going into the last two weeks of the year, you know, your last four regular season games, I'd buy that. And, and I, I can go down that road with you, if you put it that way. But to win the thing, to be the title holder, something they haven't done since 79, that's a stretch to me. Okay, so you got your three as Maryland, Northwestern, Minnesota, in no certain order. Mm-hmm. And you were the guy that was obviously my Minnesota go-to guy. I ended up loving him and then backed away from them in the tourney when they when I found out about that injury. Northwestern, I just can't pick to win the, end, the, the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Come on. Are you with me? That's yeah. not happening. That's just not happening. But they're going to be good. Maryland got, they're going to be good. They are. They are. I agree. Um, and by the way, can they stop showing Doug Collins? Please. And I don't mean that I don't like him. I think he is a nice human being and a great human being and knows a ton about basketball. But I I literally think, and I know a little bit something about this, he's wound a little too tight, and I swear to gosh, we're going to see him die live on the air. He just, they got to stop doing it, Trent. Do you agree? Uh, It doesn't bother me that much. You you think that's good TV, watching potentially a 60-some-year-old guy having a heart attack? Well, yeah, that's true. It, it hasn't happened. I guess they'd cut away if that was the case, if uh, he was <laughs> yeah. just well, that would, that. yeah, That's true. That's true. And Minnesota, like you said, I grew to love them after you talked about them, and, and then I watched three or four games of theirs. Um, and they've got a ton coming back. And they, Okay, so you already got Maryland. You got Northwestern. You got Minnesota. Um, Michigan State, they're going to lose their stud. Again, we're going to have to do more homework on – who they're bringing in? They've got the stud down low freshman that I love, Nick Ward, the Big yeah. Ten Player Week. Oh, I love that guy. Freaking love him. Indiana, probably. I'm guessing. Let, well, let's get to that in a second. That's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Wisconsin loses just about everybody. Yep. But we know they've got guys, you know, and that they just bring in. Oh, who's this guy? Oh, geez. Oh, all of a sudden he's Big Ten Player of the Year. Two years later, it's just so. I'm not going to count them out. But they lose a ton. Michigan loses a ton. Ton. And how do you like me now, Trent? Who who have I been saying all year? And I admitted, okay, I hate people that just hang on to opinions no matter what. Like Skip Bayless, you know, he'll be, you know, he'll hang on to opinion till it's forever wrong, and it's always wrong, and he'll just hold on to it. And I said Michigan was gonna. I'm telling you, Michigan is a good dang team. And they were either 7th or 8th in the Big Ten tournament. I, I can't remember. I keep forgetting which that is. They were the 8th seed. Iowa was the 7th. They were the 8th seed. Okay, that's what I said. Somebody uh, corrected me on Twitter. Okay, so Michigan was the 8th seed. So I was looking even more stupid. And I kept saying, I'm hanging in with them. They are good. They've got talent. they got talent. they got a coach that's a stud, at least I think is a stud. Um, and they're in the Sweet 16. Can Michigan, what's your opinion on Michigan right now? Forget earlier in the year. Yep. Right now, what's your opinion on, opinion on Michigan? Well, the way the Walton's playing, I mean, just, has just taken them to a completely different level. And, and I don't know if it's sustainable. You know, I kind of posed it in this fashion as you, you lump the teams together. I mean, everybody thinks that Carolina 
and Kansas and Arizona. You know, they can win four more games and win a national championship. But after you get past that group, Michigan is right there with the team that I think I, I trust them more certainly than Baylor, South Carolina, Xavier, Butler, Oregon. I, I trust them more than any of those teams to win four more games. So they're not the darling underdog story or anything like that, but absolutely are they good enough. And the way the bracket sets up for them in the Elite Eight against either Purdue or Kansas, I like their chances there. They 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 gave the game plan to Iowa State. Iowa State just took them about 30 minutes to use it uh, against uh, Purdue. They know how to beat mm-hmm. Purdue. They've been very good in those matchups, spreading the big guys out, getting them out away from the rim. Kansas, I think they match up well there. I, absolutely. I love this team. And it, it would be, yes, a seven seed winning an NCAA tournament. We haven't seen anything like that outside of you know UConn making their run and things like that. But, hey, I'm right there. After that, that initial group of Kansas, Carolina, and Arizona, they're right there with as good a chance as anybody in my estimation. Yeah, who we got? So we got UConn, like a seven seed or, or worse that made it. Obviously, Danny Manning, were they a ten seed? I'm no, trying to think they back. Were a six. A six seed. Okay, I thought they were worse than that. And they beat Oklahoma in the championship game. Um, is there anybody worse than that that uh, trying to think that won the national championship? But I anyway, I love this Michigan team. It's just I, I feel vindicated. I'm sorry because I was looking like an absolute dope the entire year. Oh yeah, this is my yeah. I like this Michigan team. They're so good, and they end up in eight seeds. I'm so glad they win the Big Ten tournament. They got a bunch of good guys. They're Coach is an absolute stud, so we'll see what they do. Um, and then next year, yeah, I just we'll have to go over the recruits to see. And if Alfred, let me just set you up. Let's do it. Let's do it, man. Do you want to do it? Let's do it. Steve Alford, the uh, vein <laughs> of contention for many of us in Hawkeye land. Now, I, you know, the story with me is is dumb. It goes back to it would have been the junior year for Bruner and Horner. They uh, went through a terrible lull, just an awful lull during Big Ten play that year. And uh, it looked like he was going to be gone. He was going to be fired, and that was going to be that. They finally got things put together towards the end of the year, snuck into the NCAA tournament, and then got pulverized by Nick Lachey in Cincinnati. Remember that game in the NCAA tournament with Nick Lachey (laughs) sitting in the front row? You talk about annoying. I mean, Collins doesn't bother me at all. Showing Nick Lachey after every Cincinnati dunk. That was enough to drive me up a freaking wall. But that's what we got in that one. So he saved his Nick job. Lachey. But... Nick Lachey talk, everybody. You only get that on 1700. That's right. That's the only place to go for hot takes on Nick Lachey in 2017. <laughs> uh, but I had a, uh, you know, I, I stole the old uh, Rush, Rush Limbaugh bit. You know, the countdown mm-hmm. to the end of the Clinton era. I did that, the countdown to the end of the Steve Alford era. And for, I don't know. About, <laughs> I like it. I like uh, it. About until yeah. the, it was about a month that I did that. You know, my little show up in Cedar Falls. You know, I'm working up there, the small AM station up in Cedar Falls while I'm going to school. And uh, it gets back to Iowa. And I asked to have somebody from the staff on my show, which I had had happen before. And I was told, well, uh, we've heard what you've been doing up there. So we're going to politely decline. Steve Alford knew about what I was doing up in Cedar Falls, Iowa, making fun of the guy. Wow. And wouldn't let anybody from the staff, any players, anything like that come on onto the show. So I mean, you, you just talk about the pettiness. I know John Miller's talked about this in the past and yeah. you know the meeting that he had with Alford and, and waiting for him to say something first. Uh, the stories of just yes. he, he's a difficult person to like. He just is. He's a difficult person to really get behind, I guess, unless you're an Indiana person. 
it seems like everybody it's pointing in that direction. I hope it happens. I hope it does. I, I think it would be great, A, for Iowa, for the rivalry, to get people more excited oh to my for that game. But, but secondly, you know, all for back in Indiana, everything comes full circle, and boy, I think it would just be great to see him either fall on his face or if he returns Indiana to prominence, that's not a big thing either. That's, that's not a big problem in my mind. A good Big Ten is a good thing for Iowa. See, I don't have the hardcore experience that you and John and, and Dace and all those guys have. So I, I try to think if I would hold a grudge, I would try not to. I'm not saying I wouldn't. Because I, I know stories about Steve that haven't been told. Mm. And I know them because they're some of my best friends. <laughs> I'll tell you off there. Okay. Okay? okay. So I know some, some of those other things, I don't know if they're true. And we've all heard those. I know, I'll just, I said a couple stories. Actually, I know one story for a fact. Dude's a millionaire. Stop trying to get stuff for free. Can, <laughs> can we say that? Yeah, yeah. Stop trying to get stuff for free. You're a millionaire. I'm not. I would never go in and ask my buddy that works a certain place, and I'm not going to say, can, can you give these to me for free? I mean, it just, I don't, he just didn't get that, and that's, I guess, what happens when you're the golden boy, you know, since day one, and he has, what, the high, his high school gym, is, is it the biggest or close to the biggest? And then, yeah, do you know like that? that? Yeah, it's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's like 10,000, something like that. Yeah, it's like crazy. So he's been told his entire life, like, you and I haven't been. Like, LeBron hasn't been, you know, or LeBron has been, you know, Michael Jordan. Actually, he kind of, you know, grew later in life. But um, there are certain guys that have been told their entire life that, you know, you're the best. You're the greatest. And I don't know how that would affect me. Sometimes I try to think about that and give them the benefit of the doubt. But mm-hmm. at some point, let's suck it up and realize that you don't deserve anything, man. You don't deserve things. There's people running businesses and you're trying to get stuff for free from these small businesses, it's just, it drives me crazy, absolutely crazy. And I actually am an Alfred backer. I'm kind of rooting for him. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Not, I, Is that I, weird? Yeah, that's really weird. I can't go down that road with you. The new Castle- you, think if, you think had I met him, you, no, now this is fair. Had, he, had, he, had I called him up and said, can we get one of your assistant coaches on? And he said, now we've heard what you've been saying. And, uh, you know, I, we're going to play. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I do. I would probably bleep. I w- yeah. You know what? I hope I wouldn't, and I hope I never get like that and bitter. And I remember Bob Dyer. Remember mm-hmm. Bob Dyer? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you ever met him. But he would always talk about, yeah, how he was such a huge sports fan, and then you get into it, and you start meeting these people, and then they start dissing you here and there and that's not the words obviously that he used right but i always remember that and i never want to be better towards sports and that's why like the guys that i don't know if you're big on getting coaches on or whatever no like i don't even i don't even want to talk to coaches Mm -hmm. i don't even know that i want to i'd rather just talk to people that have hardcore opinions on stuff and because i feel like if i talk to a coach and i ended up hating him or liking him it would affect my opinion and i don't want that I want my true opinion on stuff. I don't know if you're the same way or not, Trent. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I like to have Kirk on, you know, talk with him maybe once or twice Kirk. a year, you know, something love like him. that. You know what you're also going to get out of Kirk. You know, I, I like to do it every once in a while, but, yeah, it's something that 
from my perspective, what I want to do, the way that I want to relay what I'm trying to say, you're right. You can be tainted. And, and there's there's people that you get to know. I mean, try to get me to say something bad about you and I wrestling coach Doug Schwab. Well, I went to high school with Doug. I played high school <laughs> baseball with Doug. I'm not going to say anything bad. I think he's he's well, a great coach. Yeah, we, we grew up together, all these things. I'm not going to say anything bad about Doug. And I, I wouldn't want Doug. My... Doug I, I, I know Doug. He doesn't flush. He doesn't flush. <laughs> That's right, right. You know, it's, and I don't want to have that same kind of relationship, just, and especially at the level here of how important Iowa and Iowa State are to get to that kind of close relationship with the coach, with an assistant. Would it be nice to have contacts? Absolutely. But you also lose a little bit, I think, of, of your credibility when you get that close to the situation yeah. and you can't see the forest through the trees. But Kirk's, Kirk's different, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Now, yeah Kirk yeah. even admitted. This is so cool about him, and this is what I love about him. Was It was the year before we went undefeated. He talked to some people and said, what am I doing wrong? Because he started getting a little bit you know, angry at the media, a little bit bitter, a little bit pissy, would you say? Yeah. And, and he got that. I respect that so much. And do I have that story right? Do you remember that story? Mm, yeah. You don't remember yeah, that story? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. And, and him... You know, that was also, I believe, the part where he said he needed to uh, invest more of his time back into football because with Mm -hmm. the new facilities, he was doing a lot of things with that, a lot of meeting with donors, you know, all those kind of things. And it was kind of him uh, delving back into exactly what his his real job is. And we know it's not just a football coach. (laughs) When when you're at a a place like Iowa, when you're at a Big Ten institution, it is more than just being an X's and O's coach. It takes a lot more than that. But he talked about that, and, yeah, that was another piece of it as well. Well, Wolfgang, uh, before we run out of time, but talking yeah, about the sorry, Big Ten, hit, hit me. we uh, got three teams from the Big Ten in the Sweet 16, also three from the Big 12. Kansas, Baylor, West Virginia, all there. Iowa State is not. The comeback, but uh, the concern or, or the frustration about that game is it seemed pretty simple. And as the game you know, got away late in the first half, what Iowa State had to do was go small. And instead of doing that, they went, you know, Weiler Bab for a while, seeing if they could get a spark out of him. They just, it seemed like they played too much into Purdue's hands. Really at the end of that first half, most importantly, and early in the second half, they got back in the game going small. It just felt like they should have pushed that button maybe a little bit earlier. I know this is going to surprise you. I have no idea what I would have done as coach. So you do. I I have no idea as an Iowa State. I, I don't know what I would have done. At, at, literally during at one point, part of the, uh, I think, second half when I wanted them to come back, I'm, I kept telling everybody, this ain't over. Yep. You watch Iowa State, this is not over. Mm-hmm. I swear to you I said that. This is not over, even when it was, I think, 18, 19 or whatever it was. I said this. It's not over. But at some point, I was like, maybe you just got to let them shoot threes and pack it in. I, I did not know what to do, and I'm not going to pretend like I did know what to do. It was weird. It was a weird matchup. We've talked about this for over a year. We wanted to see this. Iowa State could have done this, and I feel bad for Iowa State fans because their their fans are freaking awesome, and you know that. And, by the way, the Iowa fans are freaking awesome. Can I say that for the NIT? The, I mean, that the NIT insane. fans are great, yes. <laughs> that was freaking insane. And Gary Barta figure it out. That's all I'm going to say. Now you'll never come on my show that I don't have. Okay. But as far as I was, as far as I was saying, um, I just, I can't imagine what they're feeling right now. 
because they could beat anybody, and they showed it. They lost really awesome teams by small amount of points, and they beat awesome teams. They could beat anybody. They almost beat the Big Ten champ. They could have done it. And unfortunately, you disagree with me. I, I was trying to – I went over to your podcast over on 1490, The Jock, where you can listen to your podcast, um, and tried to, tried to get your opinion on Iowa State next year because I wanted to know before. Um, it's going to be rough. That's, I, that's why I think Iowa State fans should be depressed. If I, you know, if I were a hard cry Iowa State fan, I would be depressed because this was the year. This was the year we could beat anybody, anybody, and it's not going to happen next year. You, you, you can't beat anybody next year. Nope, not going to happen. It's, you know, this Iowa State team, and really this last four years in general, I mean, there's going to be so many, or, you know, you all encompass kind of everything together. There's so many what-ifs. You know, what if just in the last game against Purdue – Monte Morris and Naz Long, they combined to go 2 of 13 from 3. No, they geez. just hit a couple more threes. What if yes. you go small earlier and you stretch things out and you make it more difficult for Swanigan and Edwards and Haas and pull them away from the rim? What if you do that? What if George Niang doesn't break his foot before the Sweet 16 game? You know, back in that year when they went to the Sweet 16 and got beat, what, by UConn, right? They went on You're trying to, to make them cross. You're trying to make them cry. But, yeah, that was a close game. Do you remember that game? Yes. Uh, what, what, what if Aaron Kraft, actually, the right call was made and he doesn't get the charge call? What if he, <laughs> a guy that can't shoot doesn't hit a garbage three? There are so many what-ifs with this team, with this program. They were so close, on the precipice, so many different times. And, yes. and as good as this run was and as fun as going to Kansas City and winning three Big 12 titles down there in KC, as fun as all that is, I think there's also going to be a part because – there very well be, Wolfgang, in our lifetime, you talk about a stretch this long, six mm-hmm. consecutive years of making the tournament. This could be oh, the whole yeah. age of Iowa State basketball. And when people look upon it, and if it is that, you know, we're talking 10, 15, 20 years down the line, there's going to be a lot of questions of what if. No, in Iowa State, like I told you, they were a team that could beat anybody. You were asking me. Yeah. I told you I like to do the brackets different than anybody. Iowa State is one of those teams that you can pick and – Pick too far that you could actually win a tournament. West Virginia, I've been talking about all year. Michigan, I've been talking about all year. Minnesota, you were talking about. And then I finally uh, came on board. But, yeah, Iowa State, this is why they're so down, because they could still be there. They really could, and it's it's sad. It actually is, because next year, I unless they get some – and they, why are we counting out Iowa State? Why am I counting out Iowa State right now, Trent? We we know they get fifth year guys coming in. Why well, did they get that kid from Marquette? Is it not Marquette? Um, um, who am I thinking of? Who's the stud? Uh, New Mexico. Why can't they get that kid? Average seventeen points per game. You know they're going to get guys like that. We're counting out Iowa State and act like they're going to have a SH season next year. They're not. They'll find guys. They do every year. Well, here is the difference, and when this was being built up and when Fred Hoiberg was able to go out there and, and bring in all those fifth-year guys and different transfers, the marketplace was much different then. There were not a whole lot of Power 5 programs that were willing to do that. There were not a, lot, a whole lot of uh, power programs that are NCAA tournament teams year after year that were doing that. Fred Hoiberg was able to work out a niche, did it well, did it at an incredibly high level, 
got those guys to buy in, really didn't have any uh, big issues that happened outside of well, what we know about back before the NCAA tournament upset loss to UAB. You know, outside of that, these guys came in, kept their nose clean, played basketball, did what they were supposed to do. But now you have programs like Louisville that are doing the exact same thing. When you have programs like that, it's different when your options are, well, I could go to Iowa State, I, I could go to Texas Southern, or I can go to Coppin State. You know, it's, it's, it's <laughs> different now when you've got other power programs that are willing to go into that transfer market the same level that Iowa State was. Yeah, Iowa State was ahead of their time. They yep, really were. They were. And I remember Jamie Pollard hated that, hated that. When, uh, when uh, what's his name was there, McDermott. He absolutely hated that. But he realized what needed to be done to have a winning program. And that's why, quite frankly, over the last, would you say, six years, mm-hmm. they've been unbelievable at Iowa State. So we'll see. And we'll see what Hoiberg does at, at, uh, at uh, Chicago. If he comes, I, I believe that Hoiberg will be back at Iowa State one day. Yes, wow. I do. You're just throwing all kinds of things out today, Wolfgang. Oh, Iowa's winning sure the Big Ten title take. next year. Hoiberg's coming back to Iowa State. No, that's not a hot take. The Iowa winning the Big Ten title. That is fact, my friend. Fact. Fact. I don't, I don't think we can call it fact here. Uh, we got about 11 months before we're going to be able to get to that point. <laughs> Wolfgang, we will talk again on Friday. We're going to mix in a little football, spring football, an intriguing one for both Iowa oh, and yeah. Iowa State. We'll get into that, and uh, we'll get ready. Well, we'll know at least couple of the teams in the Elite Eight will get ready for the Friday Sweet 16 games as well. We'll talk to you then, Wolfgang. Thank you, Let's do it, Trent. Thanks, man. See ya. That's Wolfgang Hawkeye. That's where you can find him on Twitter, presented by the Spa at West Glen. We'll come back here, 2 o'clock hour, right around the corner. We got Mike Bates talking a little baseball and the World Baseball Classic. All to come as we broadcast live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studios. It's Jimmy B and TC. News, talk, sports. Yeah, we got all that online at 1700kbgg.com. Imagine a store that lets you get anything you wanted. An HD flat screen TV, a high capacity ultra quiet washer and dryer, a complete living room set. And imagine if you didn't need a lick of credit to get it. That store simply believed in you. Imagine if they even delivered it, set it up, and serviced it at no additional cost. Well, that store exists. That's Rent-A-Center. Imagine that. No credit needed. Affordable payment plans. Delivery, setup, and service included. Imagine new possibilities at Rent-A-Center. Rental purchase transactions. See store for details. I'm Kevin Kugler with an NCAA Tournament Game Spotlight. Friday in Memphis, two of the most storied programs in history meet as the second-seeded Kentucky Wildcats meet the three-seed UCLA. The other game from the South region will match the number one seed North Carolina against Butler, the four-seed. Friday also will have action from the East region in New York City. You can hear Westwood One's exclusive coverage of every game of the NCAA tournament right here. State Farm knows that life is like college basketball. Having the right combination can make all the difference. Cinderella stories in college basketball? Good combination. Cinderella stories and college parties. Once upon a time, there was this princess. What did you say? A princess. Bad combination. At State Farm, we know the power of a good combination. Talk to an agent for help combining your home and auto into a plan that's right for you. State Farm, here to help life go right. If you live in Ankeny, Urbandale, West Des Moines, or most other Des Moines suburbs, you are a customer of the Des Moines Waterworks. Bill Stowe, the director of the Des Moines Waterworks, just wasted $1 million of your money 
on a frivolous lawsuit that wrongly targeted Iowa's farmers. After being soundly rejected by the Iowa Supreme Court, Stowe's misguided lawsuit was just dismissed by a federal judge as having no merit. Think you can get your money back? Not a chance. Think you can hold Bill Stowe accountable? Think again. If you live in the suburbs, you currently have no voice on the Des Moines Waterworks Board. They set the water rates, you pay them. They waste millions on lawsuits, you pay that bill too. And that's just not right. The time for lawsuits and misplaced priorities is over. Instead, let's continue to implement Iowa's collaborative, research-based Iowa Water Quality Initiative and encourage partnerships that actually result in cleaner water for Iowans. Paid for by the Iowa Partnership for Clean Water. Burger King presents Breakfast Stories. Here's Pete, Tony, and the two for four dollar croissant deal. The other day, Pete and I go to Burger King for my croissant. You know, they're just two for four bucks. Oh, it's my favorite. I'm like, what? Yeah, so I got two croissant and I gave one to this guy. I'm like, who are you? I'm the guy that just paid for your breakfast. That's my favorite guy. <laughs> you guys. The croissant deal is two for four dollars. Now made with 100% butter for a soft and flaky croissant. Get two croissant sandwiches now for four dollars only at Burger King. Price and participation vary. The Home Depot is pouring more into paint. And during Pro Appreciation Week, all pros get gold status with 20% off pro-grade paint stains and primers. Plus, five-gallon buckets of Kills 2 latex primer start at just $69.94. Nobody beats our prices, guaranteed. And during Pro Appreciation Week, pros that paint save even more with gold status. Now through March 26th, only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Available in-store while supplies last. Must enter Pro Extra phone number at checkout for discount. Writing job descriptions, sifting through resumes, setting up interviews. Hiring's hard, but Indeed.com makes it easier. Post your job, manage candidates, schedule interviews, all on Indeed. And since independent research shows that Indeed delivers five times more hires than any other job site, easy works. Right now we're giving new users a $50 credit to post a sponsored job on the world's number one job site. Claim your $50 credit at Indeed.com slash credit. Terms, conditions, and quality standards apply. Sometimes diabetes can feel more like don't abetes. Don't do this, don't forget that. But with a little help from Walgreens, diabetes won't slow you down. Stop by for expert pharmacy care in-store or online via Pharmacy Chat. Pick up the medications you rely on and get savings on testing supplies from all major brands like OneTouch and Walgreens TrueMetrics. Walgreens has just what you need to do more with diabetes. Walgreens, at the corner of happy and healthy. Draft House 50 is your home for all.